good afternoon everybody i want to continue this talk on <laughs> jhana i think you have heard the so many things about jhana until by now you may be tired of you know listening to talks on jhana believe me it is still not finished <laughs> there are so many things to say about it but uh, our time is very limited so today i am going to uh, continue anyway with the first janic uh, formula and explaining them so that uh, uh, there will not be too much confusion with regard to the distinction between one jana and another Uh, one thing they are very clearly defined and clearly experiential uh people who are not familiar with the uh, jhanas uh, can uh, get confused uh, and may not know the difference between first and the second and the second and third and so forth sometimes people say as soon as you attain the first jhana you are completely cut off from the rest of the world experiences no feeling no sensation no nothing if that happens when you attain the first jhana what is the use of having other jhanas <laughs> <laughs> so if, if everything happened in the first step then you don't need anything else so uh, the first jhana and buddha defined it very clearly in every sutra where he dealt with jhana he very clearly uh, defined each jhana and described each one if you have not attained it as yet at least you got to remember this distinction between one and the other <laughs> first one is uh, he says in pali vivichcheva kame vivichakusale dhamme savitakkan savicharan viveka jampiti sukham patamajjhanam upasampadya viharati meaning quite secluded from sense pleasures secluded from unwholesome state of mind one enters and dwells in the first jhana which is accompanied by applied thought and sustained thought joy and happiness born of seclusion i don't think you can remember all this <laughs> so quickly but that is the definition of the first jhana that means quite secluded from sense pleasures sense pleasures means uh, uh, pleasure we enjoy through our eyes ears nose tongue body and mind uh, distract our mind from concentration so we have to temporarily suspend them and we seclude ourselves from those sensual pleasures that is physical 
uh, seclusion as well as uh, yeah physical seclusion that part is refer that part refers to physical seclusion uh, quite secluded from sensual pleasures uh, not just abusing sexual sensual pleasures abusing sensual pleasures is one thing by the secluding from sensual pleasures is another that means even if we do not abuse it and we legitimate uh, enjoy legitimate sensual pleasures and still that would be a distraction for gaining concentration so temporarily we suspend it and temporarily we uh, liberate the mind from that then secluded from unwholesome mental states now uh, when we say uh, quite secluded from sensual pleasures and what are the un- unwholesome mental states unwholesome mental states are hindrances sensual pleasure is also not considered to be wholesome state for this particular purpose even that is not wholesome but it is emphasized separately because that is one of the most difficult mental state to uh, have when we practice jhana other uh, unwholesome mental states are hatred restlessness and worry sleepiness and drowsiness and doubt then one enters and dwells in the first jhana after abandoning these what we call five hindrances one enters and dwells in the first jhana which is accompanied then he mentions the jhanic factors accompanied by uh, joy happiness uh, uh concentration Uh, accompanied by uh, sen- uh, joy ha- happiness born of seclusion we have joy and happiness born of seclusion and therefore this attainment is not uh, that deep uh because we are we have just left these things behind and that gives us a sense of uh, uh freedom knowing that these things have been left behind we have certain amount of freedom that gives us joy and happiness although as i mentioned there are other factors which are not prominent why uh although these jhani factors are here there are opposite factors like uh, hindrances are still haunting the mind from behind and uh, now you are juggling the jhani factors and their opposites that is why you lose that 
attainment very quickly. And then, uh, in order to uh, go to higher jhanas and uh, make this very steady, as I mentioned, we have to make, we have to master this attainment. I mentioned five steps of mastery. One is called uh, adverting. Adverting means you uh, recollect each of these jhanic factors, initial application of thought, sustained application of thought, joy, happiness, sense concentration. When initial application thought uh, arises, we know the mind is free from greed, hatred, uh, and uh, you have loving friendliness as you have overcome hatred, loving friendliness. You have uh, compassion as you have overcome cruelty, thought of cruelty. And uh, as you have overcome your uh, uh, abandoning sensual pleasures, uh, you have the feeling of liberation, letting go of things. Uh, then you become aware of each of them. Your mind is free from clinging temporarily and filled with the thought of letting go, letting go. And that gives you pleasure, spiritual pleasure. You abandon carnal pleasure to gain spiritual pleasure. Uh, and Buddha said, uh, uh, Ragang Nisaya, Ragang Pahatabba. Depending on the carnal pleasure, we, uh, depending on the spiritual pleasure, we abandon carnal pleasure. That means we enjoy spiritual pleasure more than carnal pleasure, and therefore we like it. It is more desirable. So we know, this I never had when I had sensual pleasures, I never had this kind of freedom. This freedom is so remarkable. I wish I had this before. Now I have it. So you really enjoy that pleasure, which has not, that is why the Buddha said, there's no reason to be afraid of that, because it has nothing to do with the sensual pleasures. Why we have reason to be afraid of sensual pleasures? Because it is, it always has its own dangers, imperil, kamanang, asada, adhinava, okara, sankilesa, and so forth. Adhinava means danger, okara means degradation, sankilesa means defilements. None of these things is there when we gain the spiritual pleasure. Spiritual pleasure will never degrade you. <laughs> it doesn't have any danger in it. Nor does it have any defilement, defiling factors. And therefore there is no reason to be afraid of it. 
so you enjoy it. And this is called reflection, adverting. You reflect this. And then you see the next one, your mind is temporarily free from hatred. Oh, what joy it is. What pleasure it is. When I had uh, anger, hatred, I was so miserable. Now it is gone. You enjoy that. Then, uh, you have restlessness. When you had restlessness, you were like a slave. Now it is gone. You are full of joy, of freedom. When you had uh, uh, sleepiness and drowsiness, you were like in prison. You don't know what's going on. Now you are totally free. And you feel that joy and that freedom. When you are full of doubt, you are, in, you are bewildered, you are confused. Now you are free. No doubt, you can see the results. Having these factors in mind, you go one by one, go through one by one, and keep reflecting. That's called adverting. This is how you strengthen your attainment. When you advert, reflect, and uh, see the benefit, you strengthen this attainment. Second is, now you have, uh, as I said, you have lost it, and then you advert this, and then you determine to attain it. You resolve to attain it, and then you attain it again. And then, even before you attaining it, you decide, when I uh, stay for a certain period of time, I come out, then you come out, then revive again these factors. When I was in jhana, I had this enjoyment, this pleasure. Now I came out of it. So you attain it again. So these are the five years. One is adverting, the other is uh, attaining, third is resolving, fourth is emerging, and the fifth is reviewing. By, by these five ways, you master the first jhana, first attainment. And you keep attaining it again and again. Every time you lose it, you master them, reflecting, adverting, and so forth. You master them and attain again. When you want to go to the second jhana, uh, some people, uh, commentators and uh, meditation teachers say you have to uh, come out of the first jhana and then attain the second jhana. You never find it in uh, Buddha's discourses. Uh, what actually happens is when you attain the first jhana again and again and again and again, uh, after mastering each time you attain it, 
then although at the beginning your attainment was so gorgeous so remarkable as you keep attaining it again and again you lose interest in it just like anything else everything is impermanent at first time it is so wonderful as i say even that has a diminishing marginal return <laughs> <laughs> it is original pleasure diminishes every time you attain it is not that marvelous anything you enjoy again and again this is the true nature of impermanence you eat certain food you really enjoy it if you were to eat it again and again every day would you enjoy that even when you are very desperate you may eat something several times but afterwards you lose interest in it you think of anything you enjoyed in your life this is the nature it is very much the same when you attain jhanas attain the first jhana you know going away and having find finding a suitable place beautiful place quiet place and so forth to attain this jhana for the first time it is wonderful second third fourth fifth time and slowly its original pleasure original joy original peace becomes stale at that time mind naturally looks for something higher better and then mind glides to the second jhana it naturally happens if you were to come out of the first jhana to attain the second it is just like uh, uh, climbing uh, uh, climbing steps when you want to climb steps you climb the first step and when you want to climb the second step what do you do do you come out of the first step and then go to the second no while standing on the first step you lift your foot and put on the second exactly the same way when you attain the first jhana and uh, until you get uh, until you become very strong you keep attaining it and then when uh, you are ready mind naturally goes to the second it just glides into the second how can you know the difference between the first and the second <clears throat> when you at when you attain the second uh, if you remember the the formula you don't have to remember, uh, repeat the formula but you can see the characteristic of the second jhana very clearly it says vitank vicharanam upasama adhyatang sampasadanam cheso ekod bhavam avitakkam avicharam samadhi jampid sukham dutiya jhana upasampanja viharati meaning having abandoned uh, initial thought and sustained thought one enters and dwells in the second jhana 
which has a, a internal confidence and unification of mind, uh, joy, uh, joy and happiness uh, based on unification of mind. When you are in the second jhana, you abandon flesh and what you call initial thought and sustained thought. Abandoning means initial thought is jo- uh, the uh, the uh, loving friendliness, compassion, uh, and uh, uh, the thought of generosity, uh, and these are the initial thought. Sustained thought is the same thing, you maintain it, keep it in your mind. And even those things become stale afterward. And that is how they, you let them go. Initially, loving friendliness at the first time is a wonderful. Thought of generosity is wonderful. Compassion is wonderful. But even that eventually you get so used to it and then initial thrill will no longer be there and that is how you let them, let them go at the first time you have a joy and happiness and that joy and happiness arises from uh, being secluded from sensual pleasures and so forth now the when you attend the second jhana You also have uh, uh, joy and happiness, uh, ha- ha- de- depending on the internal confidence and unification of mind. Internal confidence from arising from your attainment of the first jhana. You knew that you can do it. When you knew that you can do it, you have faith, confidence. And also, because of the abandoning of initial thought and sustained thought, you gain true, deep concentration and silence. Real silence. Noble silence. The second jhana actually sometimes is called as the noble silent jhana. And normally people say, I observe noble silence. In retreat you hear, observe noble silence. You are not on, on observing noble silence. That silence is not that noble. Sometimes you speak in the kitchen. <laughs> Sometimes you speak outside. And even if you don't speak out loud, in a chip, 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 chip is going on inside. Why? Because the thoughts are going on in the mind. Thoughts are appearing in the mind. And therefore you are not really in noble silence. Noble silence occurs only when thoughts do not appear in the mind. That happens when you are in the second jhana. Now, some people, as I said, think when you attain the first jhana, all your thoughts finish, stops, and your feelings stop and so forth. That is not true. Uh, thought, uh, initial thought and sustained thought, 
other kind of thought we are talking about in jhanas even though they are wholesome thoughts still they stimulate the mind as long as thought stimulates the mind mind keep perpetuating bringing new thoughts and therefore when these thoughts stop then you will have a real silence uh thoughts uh, uh therefore do not uh, stop uh until you attain the second jhana and therefore you gain true concentration real true deep concentration begins from the second jhana even in the first jhana you have a degree of concentration and st- and because because of the the hindrances are uh, haunting the mind and vitarka uh, vichara uh, initial thought and sustained thought are still in the mind your silence is uh, your concentration is not that deep so the first jhanic attainment does not have that kind of deep concentration only when you attain the second jhana you will see the deep concentration only then you know that you are in the second jhana where there are no thoughts uh and your concentration is very deep without thoughts but still you have feelings feelings do not disappear you feel but your mind is not stimulated by the feelings mind is really silent experience the feeling of happiness happiness is a, a mental and physical uh, experience you experience it and you you stay with it with deep concentration and there's much great, deeper concentration much deeper happiness and then uh still you can lose it <clears throat> why lose it because uh, the joy uh, the opposite of restlessness and worry Uh, can still uh, linger in the mind as long as that stays in the mind you lose it and then again you master the attainment as you did before and keep mastering it again and again and again you come out of it reflect on it determine to attain it attain it and then come out of it reflect on each factor of the second jhana and uh, then attain again when you keep doing it several in one sitting you can do all this you don't have to get get up and then you attain the second jhana again and then you lose interest in it 
and then the mind naturally glides into the third jhana. You don't have to come deliberately come out of the second to go to the third. While you are in the second, after mastering it, when the mind is ready, then it goes to the, instead of coming out of jhana, you will go forward into the third jhana. Third jhana formula is pithyacha viraga upekha kocha vihartti satocha sampajana sukhancha kaya in the patisang vedeti yantangariya atikanti upekha ko satima sukha vihariti tatya jhana upasampajya vihartti. Meaning, uh, abandoning uh, happiness, uh, one enters and dwells in the third jhana which has uh, uh, equanimity and mindfulness and noble one say, one who has attained the equanimity and mindfulness uh, enjoys uh, mindfulness and equanimity. Upekako satima sukavihari. Mindfulness and equanimity. Now, where is the mindfulness? And where is equanimity? At the beginning, in the first jhana, there is mindfulness is not mentioned. Equanimity is not mentioned, but in the third jhana, these two emerge. Where do they come from? This is why we have to remember from the very beginning, in this jhanic practice, uh, Buddha mentioned the whole series of things, that is, uh, one has to be, one has to observe uh, ethical, moral principles, and then uh, have uh, restraint, uh, um, disciplining one's senses, and then practice mindfulness and clear comprehension. Mindfulness and clear comprehension. And this mindfulness and clear comprehension has been not very clear in the first and second jhana because of the other jhanic factors are stronger. When those jhani factors become weak, mindfulness and clear comprehension become very prominent in the third jhana. Now, that is why I mentioned when we practice uh, jhani, right concentration, right jhana, mindfulness is, is an absolutely necessary, jhana, necessary factor. We have to have mindfulness. So, uh, and then another factor which is not mentioned in the first jhana and second jhana is equanimity. Equanimity is not mentioned in the first and second jhana, but it becomes prominent in the third jhana. That means you have uh, abandoned happiness 
abandoning happiness means you lose interest in happiness, then you attain the third jhana. And then, instead of happiness, you have uh, equanimity, balanced state of mind, and mindfulness. When mind, uh, equanimity arises, mindfulness also arises along with that. And these are the two factors that you can find in the third jhana. Now you can see the difference between the second and the third. Second, concentration is deep, uh, confidence is deep, happiness is deep, and you have a real noble silence because of the absence of initial thought and sustained thought. When you attend the third jhana, new factors arise. That is mindfulness and equanimity. And also sukhancha kāyena padisangvedeti. Your entire body is uh, filled with true, deep happiness. That happiness is uh, inexplicable in words. Some uh, uh, Abhidhamma explanation, uh, commentators and Abhidhamma teachers explain that is uh, not a physical happiness, but uh, uh, happiness in the mental state. Uh, uh, chitta, uh, chetana body, the body of thoughts. But the discourse, the the formula itself says, sukhancha kāyena patisangvedeti. Kāya means body. <clears throat> that means happiness arises in the mind that you feel not only in the mind, but even in the body, every cell, you feel the happiness is in every cell of your body. Because it does not contain within the mind itself, once it starts, once it becomes very strong, you feel it all over your entire cell, entire, what you call, trillions of cells in your body. You feel happiness. And uh, that is where uh, you don't have uh, any uh, grief, sorrow, lamentation, pain, and so forth. At that level, mind is completely merged with true, deep happiness. And you can stay there much longer than that you can stay in the first and second jhana. And to balance it from being uh, thrilled, you also have equanimity. When you have equanimity, although you are enjoying, you have a deep uh, happiness, you don't get carried away with happiness. Sometimes when you attain the first jhana, people become emotional, their tears come into rolling, roll down from their eyes. 
because there is no equanimity, no deep mindfulness. But the happiness you gain in the third jhana is so deep, so subtle, so powerful that you enjoy, experience it in your entire body and yet you will not become emotional. Why? Equanimity is there. That is a very powerful mental state. Physical happiness will be will be uh, contained and controlled by this equanimity. So that you will not uh, have an emotional reaction to anything at that time. It's a difficult state to explain, but that is exactly what you experience. I try to explain it as uh, much as I can, but until you experience it, you cannot understand it well. well. Then, even that gradually wears out. <coughs> then you lose that jhana. Then again you master it again. And this time mastering the third jhana is much easier than the other two jhanas because you have already trained yourself to master two jhanas, two lower jhanas. Now you have this experience, this training, therefore when you attain the third jhana, your mastery will be easy uh, and then you can get back to the third jhana. And uh, since uh, you have... Uh, deep uh, awareness with uh, equanimity as you lose interest in the third jhana mind naturally glides into the fourth jhana that is something you have to look forward to <coughs> that is sukha sachapahana dukha sachapahana that means having abandoned pleasure and pain uh, and previously disappear, disappearance of joy and happiness, one enters and dwells in the fourth jhana, which has Purity of mindfulness due to the presence of equanimity. Now, <clears throat> when you attain the fourth jhana, you have already abandoned pain. When you attain the first jhana, you abandon pain. After that, you don't have physical pain. When you attain the third jhana, you abandon happiness. When you attain the, the uh, second jhana, you abandon uh, dominus, uh, that is mental disappointment. And when you attain the third jhana again, you abandon somanas, uh, mental uh, happiness. Then, uh, you are you, uh, you, uh, Mindfulness uh, becomes pure due to the presence of equanimity. In the third jhana, you have mindfulness and equanimity working together as uh, partners, parallel to each other. 
But when you are in the third, fourth jhana, equanimity becomes so powerful and strong that it can even purify mindfulness. So the mindfulness has been working from the very beginning of the first jhana and work its way through the fourth jhana. Each stage of attainment of first, second, third becoming stronger. Mindfulness becomes stronger and stronger at each attainment. First, second, third. And at the same time, equanimity also becomes stronger and stronger to balance the mind. When you attain the fourth jhana, equanimity takes the leadership and becomes more prominent, the strongest mental factor. It is so strong that whatever impurities was there in your mindfulness, that will be that will disappear and it becomes pure because of the presence of equanimity. Now, uh, and that is why the, the attainment of the fourth jhana is considered to be the highest in material jhanic attainment uh, because nothing else can purify your mindfulness. Mindfulness we are practicing all along. And as I said, mindfulness will not work without concentration. Concentration is not right without mindfulness. So when you attend the fourth jhana, you can see the way how these two work together. Mindfulness and concentration. These are not completely two different practices. These two practices go together hand in hand from the very beginning. If we learn and practice right mindfulness, it right mindfulness blossoms, purifies when we attain the fourth jhana. However, uh, Mindfulness uh, uh, will not become uh, uh, right mindfulness uh, without uh, with greed, hatred, and delusion. It has to be free from greed, hatred, and delusion to be right mindfulness. And right mindfulness is not right mindfulness also without. Uh, uh, concentration, right speech, right action, right livelihood, uh, right effort, and uh, and these seven factors. Right concentration is not right concentration without the other seven factors. So, when we attain the fourth jhana, <coughs> fourth jhana only only fourth jhana has in addition to its jhanic qualities, jhanic factors, it has some uh, very special qualities. Uh, eight special qualities. What are they? It has parishuddha, pure. 
It's a pure uh, attainment, very pure and clean. Paryodhata. Paryodhata is, means just white, meaning another word for purity and clarity. Anangana, anangana means uh, without uh, idiosyncrasies, without stains. Mudubhuta, it is soft. Kammaniya, pliable. Thita, steady. Ananjapata, imperturbable. It will not be disturbed by anything else. So the four, four jhani qualities <coughs> make the mind so strong, powerful and serene, sharp and clear that one can use this particular mental state to develop other, way, other various uh, uh, mind power, mental powers. Uh, that is one side. The second is when one attains the fourth jhana, that is the state one can uh, use for destructing all the defilements easily. When you attain the first jhana, also you can destroy defilements with some effort. When you attain the second jhana, you can destroy defilements with somewhat ease. When you attain the third jhana, you can destroy defilements more easily. When you attain the fourth jhana, destruction or defilements become almost extremely simple and easy. In the Buddha's explanation, uh, whenever he was talking about destroying defilements, de destruction, destroying uh, fetters, he always used the fourth jhana. It doesn't mean that one has to attain all the jhanas to destroy defilements. Having said this, I also must, must clarify certain other confusions with regard to jhanas. Sometimes there is a belief that when one has attained jhana, in order to overcome or destroy defilements, one must come out of jhana and practice mindfulness separately. Practice mindfulness separately. You attain jhana and come out of it and use your uh, factors of jhana as object of your mind, meditation to destroy defilements. which we never find anywhere else in, uh, in text, that you have to come out of jhana to practice defilements. I mean, to overcome defilement, to destroy defilements. 
What are the kind of defilements we are talking about? The fetters, ten fetters. When you attain jhanas, you suppress five hindrances. By suppressing five hindrances, your uh, your effort to destroy the fetters becomes easy. And so, therefore, some people think that you must come out of jhana and then start practicing mindfulness in order to destroy defilements. But, friends, when you see this, the, this explanation of each jhana, uh, description of each jhana, you can see mindfulness is right in the jhana. So you don't have to come out of jhana to destroy uh, fetters. It's a very complicated thing. I mean, I try to simplify it. It's extremely difficult to simplify. Uh, when you attain jhana, that is the state, say, the even the first jhana, that is the state where you are relatively calm, peaceful, mind is relatively concentrated, and it is the concentrated mind that can see things exactly as they are. As the Buddha said in many, many places, samahitang chittang yatabhutang pajanati. Concentrated mind sees things as they really are. If the concentrated mind can see things as they really are, why should we get out of that state to practice mindfulness to destroy defile, destroy ten fetters? It is just like uh, you sharpen a knife. When you sharpen a knife, when the knife is very sharp, that is the time you must use the knife to cut something. You don't make it blunt and then cut something. Similarly, when you attain jhana, that is the time mindfulness and concentration work together as a unit and concentration is very sharp, clear, and that is the state you can see things as they really are. And therefore, that is the state where you can destroy fetters. Fetters are... I must list the fetters for you to understand what fetters. I mentioned it several times before. I don't mind repeating them. Number one, believing in... Uh, believing that in these five aggregates there is one permanent eternal entity called self. That's called Sakkai Ditti. Ditti means view. Sakkai means within one's own body. Twenty types of different, different, uh, twenty ways of looking at this wrong view. Uh, I don't have time to explain all this. Anyway, uh, the second wrong uh, or fetter. Uh, vichikicca, that is uh, incurable, skeptical doubt of the Dhamma. It arises as a hindrance, 
as uh, one of the hindrances, but the deep down under hindrances is fetter as a doubt. <coughs> the third is uh, attachment to rites and rituals. Attachment to rites and rituals. Sila bata paramasa. We do things with the strong attachment, thinking that if we practice those rituals, we can attain liberation. So you keep practicing it. Bow million times to a certain object, you know, prostrate million times, and then you attain enlightenment. Or light uh, 10,000 candles every day, you attain enlightenment, and so forth. You have all kind of rituals and become attached to it. You can never part from them. These are the three fetters. One is believing in permanent eternal self. Second is doubt. Third is attachment to the rites and rituals. Fourth is greed. Fifth is hatred. And these five are called heavy fetters, down-to-earth fetters. And there are five more called light fetters. They are believing in uh, or attachment to fine material existence, attachment to immaterial existence, restlessness, conceit, and ignorance. They are the five uh, very refined, subtle fetters. When you are in deep, concentrated, meditative state with mindfulness, clear comprehension, you begin to see that every tiny, minutest part of your body and mind no matter how tiny it is, is in a state of flux, changing. That change you can see only when the mind is really concentrated. Unconcentrated mind cannot see the deepest level of impermanence, deeper level of changes. Cannot see. We can see gross level of changes not the deepest subtle changes. Even if you, you know, some gross material changes to see, you have to use a micro, my, what you call, magnifying glass. Right? When you use magnifying glass, you can see material subtle changes. But mind can see, not only that, when the mind is deeply concentrated, Mind can experience the most subtle changes in both body and mind. In physics, you can see using magnifying glass only material changes. No magnifying glass can show you the changes in the mind, deep changes in the mind. Only concentrated mind can see, experience the deepest level of changes in our mind. Only at that level you can understand that there is no anything permanent called eternal self.
And that is why when we are in a deep concentrated state of mind in jhana, this becomes very crystal clear in our mind and that is the level, that is the time mind go, goes to the very bottom, very root of this belief of permanent self, wrong belief of permanent self and uproot it. This is what is called seeing things as they really are in the concentrated state of mind. Samahitang chittang yathabhutang pajanati. Concentrated mind can see this extremely subtle changes in the mind and body in order to comprehend, understand, realize that there is no permanent eternal self. Until such time, you can never understand that. You even get very angry if I tell you that there is no permanent self. It's very true. People get angry. I know that. From my own experience. <coughs> Maybe even now you may get angry. <laughs> because you don't see that. The second is doubt. When you, when you have gone through your uh, training, uh, restraining, disciplining, mindfulness, clear comprehension, experiencing joy, pleasure, happiness of uh, metta, karuna, mudita, upekka, concentration, these things are enough for you to build up your confidence. When you attend the second jhana, Buddha said you have confidence. Even when you attend the first jhana, you can gain confidence. Although it is not very strong, you can gain confidence because you can do that. Because the potential is there, power is there, all you have to put, do is to put your mind and will together, heart and mind together, to achieve it. Once you achieve it, you have confidence in your own experience. And then you have confidence in the Buddha who taught us this method. Then you have confidence in the method, the Dhamma that he taught us. You have confidence in the community of Sangha who have attained this. With this confidence, you overcome your doubt about the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha and so forth. And that will happen only when the mind is truly, deeply concentrated. You, got to, you will overcome your doubt. And thirdly, you have been doing all kinds of rituals. No ritual can bring you this kind of concentration, this kind of inner confidence, this kind of clarity, purity of mind. No ritual. No matter, even if you die for ritual, no ritual can bring you this kind of purity, clarity of your mind to see things as they really are. And therefore, at that level, you give up, you lose all your attachment to rites and rituals. When these three things happen, you attain the stream entry fruition stage. This will not happen instantly. Even this will happen by stages. 
That is another long process. That is what is called supramandane attainment. So when you attain the even the first jhana, and that first jhanic attainment can convert into supramandane jhanic attainment when you gain this knowledge, this awareness, and that is the entry into the noble eightfold path in supramandane level. And that is what when Sariputta answering the Buddha's question said, Sota means the noble eightfold path. One who enters the noble eightfold path with this understanding is called Sota Panna. So you can see the power of concentration and mindfulness work together, how much we can achieve. Uh, I think you have uh, another <laughs> item at uh, this time. So I have to restrain myself uh, because this is a very big subject. I like very much to talk about it. Uh, since not too many people talk about this sort of things very often, uh, whenever I have a chance, I like to talk about it. But unfortunately, I have to restrain myself to stop it. And I hope, uh, perhaps if you have questions, this evening I like to answer those questions, and sometimes some of those things can be made even more clear in uh, answering questions. Oh, now I have to stop. <clears throat>